Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We want to welcome you in to another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. And as always, we are live from the Heinemann Studios. And we are brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of college basketball now. It takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. And if you're finally looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds, info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have the chance to take home the top prize. And Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game starts. Jacob, it's that time of year. March Madness is finally upon us. We will get that to that in the second segment. Before we do, we'll just take a quick, just give me your quick thoughts on one, the seating, where you thought Arkansas was men's wise, and, and then we will give you a full breakdown in segment two. Yeah, I think Arkansas has really, really got a good chance to get to the Sweet 16. And ultimately, maybe face Gonzaga. They they have a loaded bracket there. One of the toughest in the uh, NCAA tournament. I think the four number four is right. That's where I had them at, and I'm, I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see them in the NCAA tournament again for the second straight year with a high seed. Yeah, same, same. I, I mean, like I said, we'll break it down more. But I really like the draw. It's not as bad as what people can make out. But what we'll, we'll get started with is a softball. Softball. Went out, and they played against Liberty. I mean, a very good, I mean, road matchup against Liberty. Come out on top, and then they headed to James Madison University to play in a classic out there. And only got two out of the three games, but they ended up beating Lehigh 19-2 in game one, and then the big game. And this is where we'll give our shout-out of the week to Mary Half. Mary Half, you know, had been kind of struggling early in the year, you know, not getting – you know, the speed, not getting her rhythm, kind of getting knocked around a little bit. And I was just talking about that last week to a, a friend of mine, and I think she heard what I was saying because Jacob, she pitched a perfect game. And not only did she pitch a perfect game, she had 13 Ks in, in that game. And these girls, if, if, if they can get Mary back on track with Shanice behind her, they got the bats going. I mean, you get 10 hits – Six runs against Maryland, and and some of these teams were kind of down, but you know what? They're, you're traveling to Virginia on the road and playing in a cold environment. Matter of fact, the game against James Madison was canceled because of snow. But man, what what more can you say about Mary Half? You can't really say much more about it. The girl played terrific, um, going on and, and pitching a, a a perfect game. Hopefully, that gets her going for the rest of the season, man. I, I really think Arkansas has got a chance to really make a run one, uh, because, I mean, uh, conference play starting shortly. Uh, so we've got – they have a chance with the bats the way they are right now, and I hate that they ended up not getting to play uh, James Madison. That's the game I was hope, I was absolutely rooting for. That darn snow got us here in Arkansas too. But, yeah, they have SEC play coming. Uh, they had Tennessee on the road in Knoxville. It's going to be a tough matchup, but Arkansas, they're they are getting right at the right time. And uh, 
hopefully they can put it together and uh, put together a really good SEC season and another regional appearance. Yeah, and that's what – you said it right. I mean, this, this is the perfect timing for, for Mary to get back on track. I mean, it's just right before the Tennessee series, you know, you, you're coming off an SEC – regular season championship, you know everybody's going to, you know, and Mary Half got SEC Pitcher of the Year. So, you you know the target's on your back. And what perfect timing for them to get this back on track. I mean, you, you just got all the hitters on, you know, with Taylor Ellsworth, I mean, Daniel Gibson, Hannah Gamble. I mean, Hammer the Hammer Gamble. Hannah the know, Hammer. I love Hannah, it. Hannah the Hammer Gamble. I mean, they're just coming through. And you even had Sam Torres coming through with some hits, you know. You had Rylan Hedgecock, Lenny Malkin. I'm telling you what, for you know, Lenny had to you know sit out a couple of games, you know, after the Mexico series, and for her to get back in the lineup, just like she never missed a beat. And coming off, and these girls, I mean, they started off on the, you know, you're used to the Bogle Bombers and the home runs and stuff, and you know, their first little series at home, they the wind was blowing out, and you're thinking, all right, here we go, they're going to crush some home runs, and didn't hit as many as what you thought, but I tell you what, they've been on tear so far and I'm really looking forward they got a very good matchup against Tennessee I mean they're they're they don't get to play Alabama this year in in the SEC um, schedule but you do play Tennessee coming up so I'm really looking forward to that one um now we go on to the baseball and they had a four game sweep of UIC and I know they had to come up come from behind but I'm telling you what I mean these these guys have found every other way to, to win these games. I mean, that you start off 10-1, 5-4, and then you win it uh, today. I can't what I can't remember what the score was, uh, but it was a uh, it was 10-8. to 10-8, that's right. 10-8 on a walk-off home run. So I mean, it's just yeah. it's crazy that we keep on saying that, you know, they they keep, can't find their bats, can't find their bats. Well, they uh they found their bats this weekend, and I think, you know, I think we've said it before. You see University of Illinois, Chicago, you see these smaller schools, you're like, man, why are they struggling? Why are they struggling? I think they need to struggle in some of these. I mean, because it's going to make it tougher. Because I'll tell you what, when when they get an SEC, you're talking about with a target on somebody's back. What we mentioned with the softball team, you, you know their target's on their back from last year in the baseball team, and they're going to get everybody's shot. And they're going to need these games where they're having to battle and they're having to win. They're trying to figure everything out and get things rolling before uh, conference season comes up, yeah, they've really got they they've really kind of turned it around a little bit. And today, Dave and Horn or uh, Sunday, Dave and Horn kind of really tinkered with the uh, with the lineup a little bit, uh, hitting wise. And then he really threw uh, Brady Tiger out there. He he pitched two and a third uh, late in the game. Came out in the ninth inning because. I mean, he wasn't pitching too well. I mean, that was a surprise to me because Brady played pretty well uh, the first uh, couple of appearances he had. He got into a funk and uh, walked a couple of guys, gave up a couple of hits, and ended up having the game tied. And then Mark Adamak came in late and pitched the last third of the in- or last two thirds of the inning, and uh, didn't allow any hits, didn't allow any runs. Uh, kind of kept things under control, and Arkansas was able to come from behind in the bottom of the ninth. Which that's the thing, though, uh, Porter is is when when you're playing these teams, you have to find a way to win. And Arkansas knew they wanted the sweep. It's the first time they swept a team the whole season. Uh, you had uh, Chris Lanzilli come up huge. And I really want to apologize to a guy named Michael Turner today when I uh, gave him the wrong name. I was 
I was looking at the uh, lineup and I called him Chris Lanzilli and, and Chris Turner, which it should have been Michael Turner. I will uh, absolutely apologize about that to Michael. Uh, I know he uh, ended up liking a tweet later about my apology. But, yeah, Chris Lansley came up huge. And that those three guys uh, coming up to that point, they were two for 12 hitting at that point. Uh, uh, Turner was 0 for 4. And then uh, Lanzilli, he came in. He was 1 for 4 coming up. And then you, uh, if, if Lanzilli didn't hit this home run or gotten a base hit or anything, uh, the guy right behind him was Brady Slavens, and he had only hit one for that day. So, so it was it was going to be tough at the bottom of the lineup, but they figured out a way to win. Yeah, and, and the best thing, you know, you, you're getting your pitching. I mean, Connor Nolan. I mean, how he's come through and and really stepped up this year and stepped up to the plate. There was a lot of you know, if anybody there had questions on how they were going to perform this year, you know, you hoped. I mean, I said this before the season. You hoped as an Arkansas kid, you know, you you seen what Grant Morgan did in football and. You've seen the decision that Connor Nolan had to make as switching between football and baseball and, and sticking to baseball and for him to come back. And he's just, I mean, he's got a nasty pitch and he's just making people throw swords left and right. So for him to come back, have a really good outing and just get this team rolling there because you didn't know who that, that was the biggest question mark coming into this season was the pitching, you know, what, what are they going to do? And, Man, it's just crazy. You know, like you said, Hagen Smith and Austin Ledbetter. You know, you got some of these kids. Cole Ramage, I mean, he's he's that one that's kind of spotty. If you can get him, he's almost like last year's Connor Noland. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. So, if he, he kind of really just comes through and, and gets to where you're confident in him. Because I'm telling you what, you've only got a couple more series before SEC's play starts. So, you're going to really have to nail down your three guys. That's It's very – it's not like – Softball, where we just got done talking about, where you got Shanice and Bloom, and then uh, Mary Half. You know, you you know you can pitch all them a whole game, maybe two games in a series, but with baseball, you've got a Friday night starter, Saturday night guy, and then hopefully a close close it out, close out the sweep on Sunday. So it's really and, you know. Uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, and a uh, shout out to Caden Wallace too. Yep, the guy hit back to back. Uh, grand slams in two straight games too, uh, and his his grand slam uh, today was the one that got Arkansas over the hump. They were down six to four at that point, and the grand slam made it eight to six. Uh, shout out to him. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, you're good. You're good. And something we're going to start doing on, on the baseball series. You know, our our our, our boy Kevin Bohannon. You know, he's really the baseball guru when it comes to, and he's going to start giving us you know three big takeaways. You know, for each series, and we're going to do it by grinding right, stump grinding in Delkins, Arkansas. And Danny Wright, the owner, will get you servicing all of Northwest Arkansas with free estimates. And you can reach him at 205-377-2662. That's Grind It Right, Stump Grinding in Elkins, Arkansas. Make sure to call Danny Wright over in Elkins, and he'll get you set up on all those stumps that are left behind from all those, especially with all the snow and the ice storms and Everything going on, just that spring cleaning. When you get them trees, the, those dead trees cut in your yard, you need those stumps gone. That's the man for you. But as Cabo was saying, the biggest three takeaways is that the team has proven that they can score more by than just hitting the long ball. And the starting pitching continues to carry the pitching staff. Tiger has cut out a role for himself and as possible a closer, but definite a late-inning guy. And also, the third point, this is a hard team to keep quiet for nine innings, and the depth of talent is starting to show. 
Turner got an average up to 419 in a four-hit game on Saturday. A key late hit on Sunday's finale, and Lanzilli has been on base every game and has a ton of pop. Caden Wallace with his three home runs, including two game saves with uh, 12 RBIs, two grand slams with 12 RBIs, is proven to be worthy of his season accolades. So, you know, it, it, they're coming to intuition. You know, they're really starting to show that firepower. Like Cabo's biggest thing said, you know, they're not having to – Win on the long ball. That that's the really good thing that's been the difference in this season is you're just waiting on them to hit a bunch of long balls and and get out of a jam. You think a guy is going to come up and two on they need a three run jack and they're going to get one. They could sit here and you know play it in any way. So, but before we head to break, we're we're going to go over some other scores around the Razorback community. And I'll tell you what, gymnastics picked up a huge win in Denver. It was their last regular season meet, and I, it, Jacob, I'm I'm don't know much about like gymnastics and in the scoring system and stuff, and that's something this off season I'm really going to start researching on to really you know because we had said a previous weeks ago that we're going to start giving a lot of attention to these other programs, but they were down to their last rotation, so you got your vault, beam, floor, and um and bars, so. You have four rotations. They take a high score from each one, and then it just continues on. And they were down to the – they were in third place out of four teams after three events and saved the best for last in their uh, vault. And they ended up winning the whole meet with a final score of 196.975. And I'm telling you what, going into the SEC tournament, this was a huge win Especially for those seniors, you know, Maggie O'Hara, Kennedy Hambrick, and Sarah Schaefer. I mean, they just, all year, you're just waiting for this team. And it's weird because, like you said, you can go 0-7 in these meets, but you look at these individual scores and these individual athletes, and that that's really what you base it on. And it was crazy that, you know, they really needed this meet to propel them into the SEC tournament to really boost their confidence. And, Jacob, I mean – it was really cool to really look, and, and Denver's a legit program. You know, Denver's one of them. They fight for the national championship every year. So, you, you hear Denver, you're like, what, where, where's that eat? Well, I mean, of course, it's in Denver, but you're like, <laughs> yeah. you don't, you're not used to hearing a school like Denver be so good at, you know, a certain sport, but they're really good at the gymnastics. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, I have respect for gymnasts, though. I mean, they are in tip-top shape, and anybody – that can balance on a beam like the, those girls can. Yeah, they're, they're great because a guy it. like me with a size 13 shoe <laughs> has no business being on a beam at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, could you imagine running full speed? You, you spring off the spring and you're, you're putting your hands on the vault and then you're just doing all sorts of twists, which you're graded at a high, I mean, high rate. Like you, it's not like, I'm trying to do these flips, and I hope I land and stick. All right, you have to let the judges know what you're doing. You have to let them know your routine, what tricks you're going not tricks, but what vault you're going to do and what on your bars, you know, what they know what moves coming up because the reason why they do that is that way they know how to judge you on what you're doing for that spin or the triple, you know, triple spin or you're landing on the floor and they st- you stick your landing. And, of course, there's difficulties and stuff. And 
like I said, after the regular season or after the season's over, we're going to have, you know, we've had Coach Weaver on a couple of times over the past couple of years, and we'll have her on. And it's always a pleasure getting to, you know, really know some of these sports and that doesn't really get a lot of um, notoriety. But it's really cool to see the, you know, the gymnastics team having their own little vlog. And every week they have something going on, and they just really go over the meets and, it, so and then Tom Murphy with Arkansas Democrat Gazette, he really you know puts time into covering the women's gymnastics team. So it's a lot of people that are in, you know, bringing more awareness to these women's and these other programs that otherwise wouldn't. And another one is the the tennis team, women's tennis team. You know, the coach got her first SEC win, and now they've now they've got three in a row. They're three and zero in SEC conference play with a six one win over Kentucky. And Morgan Cross, the star of Arkansas, keeps on winning and winning and winning. And I'm telling you what, she her ranking keeps going up, and she's going to be one of the best uh, tennis players in, in the SEC and possibly the nation. But that will do it for segment one. And after the break, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes. We're going to go over – the women's bracket, where they land, who they could possibly be matched up with and a possible Sweet 16 Elite Eight run. And then we'll end it with the men's team and where they got seated, where they're headed, when they're going to play, and who they're going to be playing against. We'll catch you after the break. in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Are you ready to tackle your to-do list without getting your hands dirty? Then it's time to call Heinemann Services in Springdale. Corey and his team specialize in A to Z home repair, in-home transformations, plumbing and dryer vent cleaning. Got a man cave? Heinemann Services can make it better. Got a she shed? They can make it better. Call today, 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Or check them out online, HeinemannServices.com. That's H-I-N-D-M-A-N Services.com. Heinemann Services, honeydews have never been so easy. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And welcome back to the second segment of the Hog Talk podcast. And, Jacob, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the women got their seeding, and they are a 10 seed, which we kind of projected they would be a 10 seed. And they're going to be going up against Utah, and they will be in the they'll be in the Spokane region. So Stanford got the number one seed. So they'll be playing seven seed Utah. The winner of that gets the winner of Texas and Fairfield. So more than likely, Arkansas is going to be playing Utah, and the winner of that will get Texas. I, uh, Utah. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's going to be a good matchup. 
I, I really think that it's going to be decent in Utah. I know they're a seven seed, but, you know, they ended up getting, I think, six in their conference. And um, I can't remember what their record was. I had it written down, but I've, uh, I've, I've got you. If uh, if the Utah schedule would uh, load up here, here it comes, here it comes. They were 20 and 11 overall, 8 and 7 in conference, uh, 11 and 4 at home, 5 and 5 away, and 4 and 2 at neutral sites. And and the more, most important thing is that, that is they're, they're getting to go back to Austin. So they get a re yeah. they they get a repeat of last year, you know, they get to try to uh, revenge on you know that first round exit. Oh, and for yeah. Air, Amber Ramirez to get to finish, you know, get to go play in Texas one last time. I think it's really important. I, I think just how things ended last year, you know, they they should have. I mean, with their seating, they should have been hosting. They they you know how everything is right now. The the first and second round should have been in Fayetteville. They should be hosting. So you get that taken away because of the whole bubble situation and how everything was with the NCAA tournament. So it's kind of you know. And then, like last year, they were playing. You know, they were traveling same day, traveling same day of the game, playing a game, and then it got to the NCAA tournament, and you had to you know travel. And stay. They said they couldn't even leave their floor. You know, you imagine not even be a you, – you go stay in a hotel room and you can't leave your floor for four to five days or however long you're there. You know, it just switches up your environment and everything. And, they, you know, Coach Neighbor said they were going crazy. You know, they were just kind of going stir crazy. So, hopefully with this hey, – can you not – can you imagine doing that, like, for months at a time, kind of like what the NBA did with their bubble – I mean, it, it was awful. <laughs> and, I mean, last season, uh, the the men's basketball tournament in Indiana, Indianapolis, you know, those those guys, they didn't see their family for almost a whole month if you made it deep in the deep run in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, it, it kind of stinks when uh, when you think about it. Uh, you, you were, you were playing in front, in front of a, uh, a light number of uh, people in attendance and, it just wasn't a fun time last year. Things are going to be different. I think Arkansas, uh, I think the girls, man, they have a chance to sneak up on some people in this tournament. They play a they they play a great style of basketball. They can shoot the lights out uh, when they're hot. I think your girls, man, I think they could make some noise in, in uh, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they got it. I mean, they got it. With, with Samara Spencer stepping up as a freshman, Michaela Daniels, I think that – you finally got them healthy. They had to play so many games. I think it was like five games in 10 days, something around that, you know, mm-hmm. and against, you know, Ole Miss and against the Florida, against Kentucky. And, you know, Kentucky, look what they done in the, the season. They were they were wondering what they were even going to be seeded in the tournament, and they ended up winning and shocking, you know, right. South Carolina. And Ryan Howard, I mean, this is her last year. One of the best players in the nation. I mean, I know – they didn't start out as hot, but, I mean, it's all about how you finish. And it, it, it was weird. I think we I even mentioned it on the podcast last week of that Arkansas game for Kentucky and how Ryan Howard come out and scored that 29 points. I think that clicked them, and they just went on a run and ended up winning the whole thing mm-hmm. in the SEC tournament, and they ended up getting a sixth seed. So, I mean, they're – and actually they're down in the Bridgeport uh, region with UConn, North Carolina State, Washington. I mean, there's some really good – good seeds in that but if you look at the whole region where Arkansas is I mean you've got Maryland which they've played before 
Florida Gulf Coast, they've played them before. This is a tough region. Now, if you say you do get past Texas, which is winnable. I mean, that is a Texas team. They're tough. But, I mean, you're playing in the SEC week in and week out. That prepares you for any kind of team other than a Florida Gulf Coast, which is in the up. You know, they played them. I mean, that's a slow it down, different style of play with, you know. And then, um, you know, Stanford's your number one seed. But you got Kansas as an eighth seed. If they, and they are they played them in a preseason scrimmage, you know, and, and really put it to them. And this was with the, the team really not even gelling together. So, you know, Arkansas could be that team that could get to the Sweet 16. And if you look at the Sweet 16, you look at the top part of that, you're looking at maybe Ohio State or LSU. Well, you've already played LSU mm-hmm. and you've beat them. And I think with, with you know, LSU, yeah, it's, it, it's a good matchup. And I think that if with the rest, it, it's all about your headspace, where you're at at the end of the year. You're tired. You know, you've had a long season, the grueling SEC schedule. But I think with playing your SEC women's tournament a week before the selection show, you're not playing like the, like the men. You know, you're playing on a Saturday, Sunday. You go to selection show today, and then all of a sudden you're having to travel to Buffalo. You know, they've had a week to prepare for the, you know, where they're going to be seated, get rested, well-rested. So, yes, I mean, they could really go on a run. And if they do get past Ohio State, LSU, you know, you're looking at a possible Elite Eight Final Four run. So, it, it, it I'm be honest with you, this team has the talent to make an Elite Eight run. If they do it, that that's to, you know, to be determined. You know, because they've shown that they can beat the likes of Baylor. They've shown that they can beat the likes of UConn. They've shown that they can beat the likes of LSU and other teams. I mean, they beat uh, South Carolina a couple years ago in the SEC Women's Tournament. This team is very capable. They have the depth and the skill set with Sasha Goforth, Amber Ramirez, Michaela Daniels, Aaron Barnum's back to being healthy, Samara Spencer, you know, Riley Langerman. You talk to somebody, you can throw in there four, five, six minutes and get some key defensive play out of her. I mean, this team top to bottom is very good. And, you know, I've covered the team for three years now, and it's just like I really want them to do well in this tournament and really keep on progressing. You know, you you lose the first round last year, and it's like, yeah, it would be okay with if they win one and done. But it's like I don't want to settle. I want them to go in there, and I want them to kick tail, and I want them to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, and it's like I said, like you just said, you know, you've covered this team for three years. You've seen how far they've come. I mean, this team, this Lady Backs team, women's basketball team, has has so much talent on them, so many McDonald's All-Americans, so many five-star players. I mean, you look at Joe's uh, 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 Wolfenbarger, and you uh, you look at Sasha, and, and I love, I love Samara Spencer. That girl, man. She can take to the rack. She's quick off the ball. I mean, uh, off the dribble. I mean, she's they've they've got the pieces there, and obviously you have the sniper. You've got uh, number twenty three there that can that can lead you to a win. And having it, uh, having Barnum back is was was huge midseason. Uh, I mean, these girls they lost by what two or three to Tennessee on one of the uh, blown call away from beating them on the road. These girls, man. It, it's all about matchups in the NCAA tournament, whether it's men's or whether it's women's. It's all about matchup. And the way that Mike Neighbors coaches his team and the way that he wants these girls to run and play fast, shoot the three, 
I mean, it's a it's a good match, uh, a good matchup for any team in March. And I think Arkansas's women can can advance at least and maybe even meet LSU in the Sweet 16. And they and if they have a chance to get past uh, the Sweet 16, they end up playing Stanford, I believe. So yeah, they, it's a loaded region, man. Eight, and Arkansas yeah. has got a lot, uh, got plenty to. Is it the lead day? No, that would be go to for Stanford. Yeah, it would be the lead eight to go to the final four to play Stanford. I, okay. Yeah, that that is the number one. And that'll be a tough matchup in itself. Oh yeah. But just definitely. thinking ahead. Yeah. Well, we're on to the men's, and and before we really kind of get into the tournament, I tell you what, we we've had some some crazy things go down in the worlds of men's basketball. You know, Will Wade they parted ways with LSU, and Jacob, you know, they're a six seed in this tournament. You know, Isn't that it, crazy? It's crazy? That's crazy to me. <laughs> I, and so it's like, what are they going to do? You know, I mean, it's they got to go up against the Iowa State team. So are they just cashing out? Or are they going to try to, you know, make the most of this? And real quick thing on the LSU thing, I think it was, you know, time. I mean, everybody was waiting. And it was oh, almost yeah. like, what are you waiting for? Like, this dude got caught on wiretap. I mean, he got caught saying these things. And you're still, it's like, this is where we are as a, a, a society as in, you, what more evidence do you have to have that you're afraid that, well, just because of a statement in page six of this paragraph, sentence two, says that you have to have rightful cause. I mean, it's like there's your cause right there, you know, right. And, and you're just hanging on. And with everything going on with LSU, it's, it's crazy that they're, they're hanging on to these coaches because of winning. We know what it's about now. It's winning. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, they're a sixth seed, and he couldn't even win with Ben Simmons. You know, and, and that, you know it's just crazy yeah. to me that this guy, you know, is gone. It was funny, though, that Arkansas ended it, you know, was the last victory, you know, and, and, and sent him out on his way. But, you know, we'll see who they get. Another, you know, uh, thing was, you know, Coach White from Florida, you know, they got rid of Cream – at uh, Georgia, so Mike White's going from Florida to Georgia, and I think that's like a change of scenery. You know, you run your course, kind of like a Mike Anderson deal at, at Arkansas. You know, he'd been there forever, and I think – but I don't think – it's weird because Georgia's really never been good at basketball in, in the whole scheme of the SEC. So I'm very interested to see how he things yeah. work out there. Mike White was wanting to get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what he was wanting to do. And then uh, uh, the whole thing with LSU, like, Will Wade, he took the money out of his account, yep. his own personal banking account. You, How do you not cover that up? Man, the recruiting deals back in the SMU days, you just paid them guys cash. You didn't You didn't pay them out of your own bank account. My goodness, at least take it out and and, and give them a $10,000 handshake. My goodness, that was, that, was, that was what was wild. But, yeah, LSU, a sixth seed. I had them – I looked back at my tweet from last night, and I had them as an eight. But the crazier thing was Alabama's a sixth seed. Yeah. And, and, he, and, yeah. And, and they deserve – here's the deal, and this is, this oh, is yeah. what we'll, we'll say. A lot of people, and rightfully so, you know, a lot of people – we're, we're fans, you're fanatics, you're fans. A lot of people take it. it you got to flip your, your mindset on these conference tournaments. It's 80-20. 80% regular season, 20% conference tournament. And sometimes in the heat of the moment, prisoner of moment, you're flipping your mindset. You're putting 80% of these a, a, a team in the conference tournament and 20% of what they did in the regular season. 
And and perfect example, Texas A&M. You know, they make a deep run. They make it to the finals. And, you know, it's just everybody gets caught up in what they're doing and the teams that they are beating. But you also got to look at the teams that they beat. Yeah, they beat Arkansas. But was Arkansas just kind of sandbagging? Because they knew their seed was set. If you, it's it's like mm-hmm. baseball and going to the SEC tournament. How many teams are really? If you ask a coach off the record, how many of these teams are really going to the SEC tournament to win the SEC tournament? How many of these teams are going to the SEC tournament in basketball to really win? If 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 you got your seed locked up, if you know where you're at. In Arkansas, they go out and they play till Saturday or Sunday, and it's not going to move your seeding up. And, of course, with Tony Aldis, you know, you're risking him getting injured again. You're risking all your other players. You know where you're going to be at. You know you're going to be in a four seed. Now, if if you look at how they do the four seeds and if you go from playing where you're playing um, Vermont, you just look at the four seed. All right, so you'd be playing Vermont, and if you think, well, if we just win another game, we swap places with Illinois at the four seed. Now we're playing Chattanooga, and we get Houston in the second round. Or we take Providence as a spot. We play South Dakota State, and you play Iowa next round. But then you look at the East. You take UCLA's spot. You got Akron, and then you play St. Mary's or Wyoming. I mean, yeah, in a sense, I mean, it, they, you could better where you're seated, but I, you also got to look at they're not going to put you with another SEC team in that second round. So – but in Texas A&M's case, and in a lot of these teams' cases, you know, you look at what they do in the conference tournament, and I, I put out a tweet that it reminds me of you're, you're failing a class in school, and you're not doing your work, you're not doing your homework, and then all of a sudden come semester test time, you want to start doing all this extra credit to pass your class. Uh, to me, it's like you're, you're winning all these games to try to get to the big dance, and then you're like, campaigning, which you're supposed to do. I mean, you're the head coach and you're a school. You want to get into the big dance. But that's why I don't put too much into these conference tournaments unless you go and win it. You go in there, you know, all right, we got to win this to get our automatic bid in the big dance. And I think that's what's got to happen with some of these teams. Of course, the, the committee's not going to get everything right. They're not going to – you're picking 68 teams. You're not going to get everybody right in the seeds and you're having to worry about putting who where – so, you know what, if you put in the body of work throughout the year and you beat some of these teams in the regular season that you beat in the conference tournament, there's going to be no questions about if you deserve to get in. Yeah, and I think I think it was uh, Andy Spencer that put out a tweet earlier that was basically complaining, like Texas A&M could have taken Notre Dame's spot in that play-in game because A&M beat Notre Dame straight up. They uh, – I don't want to ramble on about other SEC teams because I really want to talk about Arkansas. But but I think I compared it last night to to Arkansas's team back in 2006-2007, Stan Heath's last season. Arkansas was 16-12 and 12, uh, before they went and won their final two uh, conference games against Vanderbilt and Mississippi State, and then they went on a run to the uh, SEC championship game uh in in against Florida that year. Arkansas made the NCAA tournament. So I, I kind of see your argument, but I kind of have an argument there as well. Like I've seen it before, but there's also more parity in college basketball than there ever has been too. So there there's could be 75 teams, 80 teams in this in in college basketball that that was, you know, 
we're quality quality teams to make the NCAA tournament. Is all I'm trying to say. But but Arkansas, you know, that was 15 years ago. Things are different now, and you know, you should have done things sooner. I, I like what you were saying there. It, you know, you can't you can't always make up your points you miss trying to get extra credit. Yeah, and, and Texas A and M finished 99, 23 and 11. You know, 23 and 11, 99 in conference. So I mean, you can say an argument, but you look at the other teams, two teams that got in, LSU and Alabama. They were 99. 15, you know, 22 and 11, 19 and 13 with, with Alabama. But Alabama had a better win. You know, they had the three, better, three better resume. Wins. You know, you had the better resume. So you're looking yeah. at the overall body of work. And I'm looking at a team, and I'm not going to tell you who the team is. They were one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in their conference, 23 and 12, 11 and nine in the conference. So there are two wins over 500 in the conference, 23 and 12 overall. Knew they had to win their conference tournament to get into the conference tournament, and, and they did. And that's Virginia Tech. Yeah. In the ACC. Yeah. Harder conference, better record, whatever you can say. But you look at everybody saying Notre Dame, I can't believe they got in as a plan. They were 22 and 10 and 15 and 5 in the conference. Right. You forget what conference they play in in basketball. They play in the it's ACC. Strong. You know, so if you finish third in this conference at 15 and 5, 22 and 10, you're 14 and 1 at home, but but yeah, you're 7 and 5 away. But still, yeah, you're a team that knew they had to play and go in and win this tournament to get in. And, and you go in and beat Duke to win the conference tournament. That, that's what you got to do. You still got to earn it. And I yep. think that's the thing. Yes, I mean, everybody has a right to gripe and everybody has a, and I'm not going to say nobody has a gripe. There's no, I'm not saying there's not an argument for Texas A&M not to be in the tournament. I'll make that clear. I'm not saying that Texas A&M shouldn't be in the tournament. You shouldn't flop them with a team like Alabama or whoever. But when it comes to the grand scheme of it, you can't sit there and have the regular season that they had. And then when you go to this tournament, well, now we deserve, because it was Tennessee trying I mean, Tennessee waxed them by 15. I mean, you get beat by 15, and it's almost like the adrenaline wore off. Now they got how did that 15 point loss to Tennessee was that that last bit of if it would have been a two three point game, would they be in the tournament? I mean, you, you got to look at it. You can't get by, beat by 15, and they'd be like, oh, you know. I mean, that's just some of the things that the committee looks at. Or was this predetermined and they just got housed? You don't know, but it's just an interesting point that there's a lot of teams that put all their chips into this conference tournament, they don't get in and then they're asking why. Yeah. All right. I hate Texas A&M. Let's move on to Arkansas. Yeah. The team that actually matters here. Yes. Well, you look at their draw. And, and, and Jacob, you, you know, you had put out there that you could see them possibly get into the Sweet 16 Elite Eight run. And if you look at the game against Vermont, which is going to be a tough, tough game, but – I've looked at at Vermont's losses. They got beat by Maryland by 11. You get beat by Oakland, mm-hmm. UNC Greenville, and Providence by 10. I mean, that's the toughest. And when I looked at their schedule, yeah, you're beating people by 20 in the conference tournament and you're running through your conference. Not saying Vermont's not a, a good team. They've, they've paid their dues. They get to the tournament and they get some wins and upset people. But Arkansas is a hot team. And Arkansas oh, yeah. is a very strong team. 
I think they're going to come into this almost like they did the Colgate game. I think it might be a slow start, but they're going to pull away. I don't think they're going to be fighting back and forth with Vermont because I think now that you've been there, there's a big difference between you ain't been to the dance. Now this team's been to the dance, and they know what to expect. So you beat Vermont, and you got a matchup against UConn. I think that is another game that is winnable. I think they can match up very well with a team like UConn. And the only thing is if it gets into, because you're playing in Buffalo, the, the crowd, if that away crowd kind of affects. But you know what? Arkansas played at Tennessee. Tennessee got out to a big lead and they come back. And I think that could be a big difference in the game. They've played in an environment with 21,000 people and they fought, they battled their way. Yes, they come up with a loss. But they didn't let that team just run them out of the gym. They come back, fought, and almost won the game. And I think a game like that Tennessee game, you're talking about learning tools and what you can learn from a loss. If anything could project them to win that game, I think that loss at Tennessee could help them get past UConn. And then if you go and everything, there's no upsets. You know, Memphis, Gonzaga, which we can touch on that in a second. See, you do get Zanzaghi. That's going to be a tough matchup. I just think it's going to be a tough – it's going to be – Arkansas is going to have to play their – I mean, they're going to have to turn their AI up on 100 and play the best game to to beat Gonzaga. Yeah, it's going to be kind of like what they did last year when they met they, uh, met Baylor in the Elite Eight. They they got behind and they they got I think they got behind by sixteen at one point against Baylor last season, and they fought and they fought and they fought. And I think they ended up taking the lead at one point late in the game. And and at that point, Arkansas, yeah, they got off to a slow start, but they they were able to do uh, a lot of good things. They almost come away with the upset into their final first Final Four since ninety five's championship appearance. But you look at Vermont, man, and I'll hit on Vermont real quick. They are shooting 50% from the field, so obviously they they have a good motion offense, and they shoot the uh, they shoot 36% from uh, three, which is 51st in the country. So so Arkansas is going to have to not bail out so many guys or, or fall back in the lane when when you see Vermont driving to the basket, you're going to have to keep a man, maybe play more man-to-man instead of uh, help defense close to the basket, close to the lane, you know, because Vermont, the way they're going to beat Arkansas this week is by shooting the uh, three ball. They hit about eight a ball game, almost nine a ball game, actually. They they hit about eight of 24 shots a night. So that's that's really good uh, three-point shooting there. That's kind of what Colgate did last year. I think they were a pretty good three-point shooting team. So uh, you, Arkansas's big thing is they can they play physical, then they can rebound really well. And I think I don't think Vermont's going to be ready for Arkansas's physicality. I could be wrong. We could be a, a low seed playing a high seed and get upset by uh, like a like what we did against Bucknell years ago. But this is this is a whole different team. This is an Eric Musselman coach team and a guy that wants to win and will not take. Uh, uh, he will, he will not let us go out and lose in the first round. I don't think that happens. I think Arkansas gets into the second round and plays UConn, and we can look at UConn here in a minute. But, uh, yeah, Arkansas has got a good draw. Uh, they have uh, Vermont's leading scorer. They have two guys that are uh, averaging in uh, uh, double digits of the ball game. It's Ben Shungju. He averages 16 points a game, and you have Ryan Davis, who averages 17.2 points a game. Both of those guys are senior uh, senior guys. They're top five scores, top 
top five scorers are are all seniors. So they're they're an experienced basketball team. They won't make any mistakes. Uh, can Arkansas force them into turnovers? Yeah, so many similarities to that Colgate game. And you get that with these small yeah. schools. You get a lot of these senior-laden teams because, you know, there's not a lot of guys going to the pros, and, and especially with the transfer portal and how everything's – but these guys have played four-year seniors. They're, they're used to playing that. But, you'd like, you made a good point. This is a different team. But my one big thing, and this is – I don't say it would be a concern, but I'm interested to see – how they handle the charging situation. And this has been a big topic, and I know we've kind of beat it with, the, you know, like a, you know, beat the dead horse, but it's interesting. We're moving on to a different stage of this. I'm interested to see how these NCAA refs in this tournament handle the block charge situation with Jalen. That, that's been a big factor because that's a big swing when it comes into, you know, that, that's a possible six-point swing. You know, you, you get a charge, and then you go down and hit a three, you know, a possible five- to six-point swing. You, you never know what's going to happen. So I'm interested to see how that goes, but this team is strong-willed. You got a guy, and you don't talk about. I know Jalen Williams has stepped up, but you cannot sit there and say that, that the big, the most important player to me on this team is JD Note. Dude was a six man coming off the bench, and then goes from that into dude. I'm leading this team. You know, I know Jalen Williams does things on both sides of the ball. But if J.D. Note's not hitting and he's not commanding that offense, it, it does something to that team. And that's what a real captain, what a real leader, you should expect. And that a real a good team, elite team, that should be the most important person on your team is your point guard. He's like your quarterback. He, he gets you, you know, out of the, the fuzz. Like if, say, like Vermont goes on a 7-0 run. He's got the you know the headspace of knowing, hey, let's let's get out of this run, let's get out of this rut, let's not call a timeout because that's what they want. You're coming in a tournament time, and you know the theatrics of the of the TV, and you know a team goes on a seven zero run, and Arkansas is forced a timeout, and the crowd goes crazy and stuff. You know that's what Coach Neighbors taught his team and was telling us about. He said, when you've got a team you can trust in, you're not going to call a timeout in those situations because you've got a point guard that goes out there and can get you out of that opposed to the coach trying to settle everything down. I think that's going to be a big key for for them against UConn. I think it's going to be a big key to the Vermont game. But the biggest key of all is if you're a four seed playing a 13, you cannot, like what you did against Colgate last year, you can't let them stay in the game. If you give them up until five minutes left in the fourth or the second half where they think they got a chance, they're going to stay in the game and possibly win it. Mm You can't let teams because this is do or die. You know, you, you it's like a pack of coyotes. They're not they're not that bad until you pack you you put them in a corner and then they're turned into a vicious pack. And you get the team like a Vermont and you give them that momentum where they if they like you said eight threes a game if if they ain't hitting threes all game and they're hanging around and then they unload three in a row nine point swing. I mean, a nine zero run could be damaging and could end your career. You know, your your season. Yeah, and and one thing Arkansas does really well is driving to the basket and drawing contact and in, in and hopefully getting to the line and foul. Vermont doesn't foul a lot. They they only foul about thirteen times a game. They they don't let teams go to the line very much. I think they average about only giving up twelve uh, free throws a game. So, I mean, that's another thing is, is 
they haven't met it. They haven't seen a team that's as physical as Arkansas is. Maryland, okay, they're they're out of the ACC. I mean, no, no, they're not in the ACC anymore. They're the Big Ten. Yeah, Maryland, they're not that good. That was probably probably their best win of the season. I think that, and I think the only time they played a quad one game was uh, early in the season. It was a loss. So I, I think Arkansas. I, I, a lot of people are scared of Vermont because Vermont gives a lot of scares throughout uh, throughout tournament history. I don't think. Unless that Vermont gets hot from three, which Arkansas is prone to letting guys get uh, teams get hot from three, like uh, like Northern uh, was it Northern Kentucky hitting seventeen threes earlier this season. If Arkansas doesn't give up that many threes, I think you can see us in uh, go to the second round of the NCAA tournament, face potentially either Boise State or or Memphis, and uh, or I mean I'm sorry, I mean yeah, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, UConn or New Mexico State. Which I think UConn wins that one, and and that this bracket's going to be fun. And another thing, another stat you can look at is, and you're talking about this senior, so it made me point to go and looking at their turnovers. They're only turning the ball over nine yeah. times a game. They're getting thirteen point three points off a of turnovers game, and they're averaging five point two steals a game. So they're going to try to come after you. They're going to try to you know get those turnovers because I mean, again, we're talking about tournament time. 13 points off of turnovers could be huge when you're talking about playing. And another thing that we kind of looked at with the UConn, Buffalo's not too far from Vermont. And and a school like that, it's almost going to be like playing two road games back-to-back. You know, and and, and you know, like I said, you get behind them Cinderella teams, and I guess you could kind of put in Vermont as a a Cinderella. Because didn't uh, the Michigan coach come from Vermont – the, the ex-Michigan coach, he was at Vermont, and they had a mm. big run a long time ago. Beeline, I think it was his name. Was that, that, was, yeah, I think that was his yeah, last yeah. name. I think he'd come yeah, – they had made him. a big run in the tournament, and then he went to Michigan. But So, Vermont has a, a, a name for themselves when it comes to the NCAA tournament. But, I, like I said, I'm not saying this is going to – it could be a 10-point double-digit victory for Arkansas. But I see them making it out of the first round and then getting to uh, UConn. And you were, and I want you to elaborate before I give my my piece on the the elite eight run, and then I'll, I'll piggyback off what you said on what if they could get to the elite eight and face Gonzaga, what what chances and what does Arkansas need to do to win that game? Arkansas, their chances to get there, I, I would say, are fifty fifty. I mean, if things go the right way and and you and you beat UConn, which UConn's going to be a, a tough match, you get past them. And you face Gonzaga, you're gonna have to play lights out defense. You're gonna, I, I like Jalen Williams' uh, chance to go up against Gonzaga's big man, getting him into foul trouble. Getting and, and this isn't the same Gonzaga team that we saw last year with the what wasn't he the uh, number like a top three pick? The the guy that was there yep. with Gonzaga last yep. year, Jaylen, his name yes, is he was me. a point guard. They're a point guard that was, oh, yeah, goodness, I can't even think of his gone. name. Yep, I think yeah, they lost gone. two NBA guys off that team last year, so they're not like. This this team that you can say, oh, they're a shoe in for a Final Four. They're not. They're not. And I think Arkansas has a good chance if they can shoot the ball, and and be more physical, play that defense. Like I've said, those are the three things that Arkansas is good at this season: is playing defense, forcing guys, forcing teams into turnovers, and uh, and 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 getting to the line. If you do those three things, I think Arkansas has a chance to to make a run this season. Yeah, and and my biggest thing is, and I'm just this is just how 
I, I look at preparation, and you got a coach like Eric Musselman, who is one of the best at preparing. If you go up against Vermont, you beat them. You go up against UConn, you win. You get a week to prepare for the Gonzaga. You you get you don't you don't have to turn around and play them the very next day. Because you play so you play your first game the seventeenth, and then you'll play the nineteenth. Well, you don't even have to play Gonzaga till the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth of March. That gives you time yeah. to prepare for a team like Gonzaga, and I think that's one when you look at a key on how they could beat Gonzaga. I'm not saying that's going to be the biggest thing because you're going against Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. They are big, and those both of those guys. I mean, you're adding a seven footer like a Kevin Durant type player to a Gonzaga team. You know, that they're tough. And a lot of people think, well, you know, that they made it to the, you know, finals and got bullied by Baylor, but who didn't get bullied by Baylor last year? So right. what chip do they have? What you know, that Timmy, you know, what what chips on his shoulder to make it to the, you know, the championship and go out on top. But I think that's the biggest key when it comes to if Arkansas makes it to the sweet sixteen, gets to the Elite Eight and how they could end up beating you know, a team like Gonzaga, and then if you beat Gonzaga, you never know how the rest of it. I'm just going off the two-seed Duke. I mean, that's good. this is a brutal, brutal region, and I, I think it, whoever comes out of this has a very, very good shot. If you're, not, if you're not tired and worn out and just exhausted, has a very good chance of winning the national championship. But uh, that Gonzaga, if you get to that point, that's going to be it, – it's going to be a tough one to win. Yeah. And uh, another point I didn't make with uh, Vermont is Arkansas is a much bigger team than Vermont. Uh, Vermont's average size is six foot four, so obviously Arkansas could be able to bully them if if they can contain the three. But UConn is about the same size as Arkansas is average. You guys about six six. So and then plus they have R.J. Cole and uh, Adama Sanago and Teresa Martin. Those guys I think. Uh, Musselman really does a good job of keying in on on the best player. Now I was just talking about UConn's guys, and Musselman's a good X's and O guy, O's guy, and he knows how to take out the team's best player and and make them basically be a no show in any game. And and I think Arkansas has a chance there. Uh, if you, if you take one of the three guys, the three main players at UConn, you make a run for a Sweet Sixteen. And then you think about talking about Gonzaga, which, man, that would be a dream for me because I've always wanted to play, see Arkansas and Gonzaga play. And I don't think they've ever played each other uh, that I know of. And I had Arkansas's uh, the the matchups uh, all the time for Arkansas pulled up earlier. I don't think Arkansas's ever played Gonzaga. I want to check on that. Uh, give me just a second, Porter. Uh, they've. Okay, they played one time against Gonzaga, and that was a loss. I'm trying to pull that up and see what that was. 2013. Was. Oh, it actually happened. In, it happened 2013. Yep. I had no idea. I don't remember that happening. It was was that in uh, Maui? Maui? Yep, they played the Maui tournament in 2013. Got beat by 10. I totally forgot about That's that. Crazy. Well, and you know, you look at Gonzaga. They're that team that has. You know, they were – I mean, you compare them. I know Boise State's kind of fell off, but you look at that mid-major who's brought themselves to prominence in, in the big boys 
table, you know, against August, that team. Yeah. And like I said, I know Boise State's not what Boise State, but it, you know, when they beat OU, you know, they they were that mid-major team that was always up there in the conference, you know, and always up there, like what UCF did. Yeah. And what Cincinnati's done. Gonzaga's done that for 20 years. I mean, over 20 years. I mean, I remember when I was in high school and Gonzaga was a team that was – they had Dan Dickow and all those guys that was – Playing for Gonzaga and Jalen Suggs was the one that we we missed up on. Who who was with them last yes. year? But I mean, he had that all, you know off game and like I said, you know when that game against Arkansas, you know you were talking about what you can learn from last year. I mean, they just Baylor was just men. It was it was just that they just they wanted it. They out rebounded them, out hustled them, and you just have that team that just when it comes down to that championship mentality, you just out will somebody. There's nothing coaching can do. There's nothing you can do X's and O's when a team wants it more than you. It's not taking anything away from Arkansas didn't want it. It's just that Baylor wanted that game, and they wanted that title more. Yeah, what's funny is three of the last four times Arkansas lost in the NCAA tournament, they've lost to the eventual national champion, too. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's that crazy. is crazy. So Arkansas has a chance to reverse their history and and make a run and, and – I don't know when a national championship, but that's <laughs> that's a that's a pipe dream right now. But I mean, maybe not. Yeah. Well, but let's yeah, get all get started on Thursday. On I, I don't know what your work schedule is going to be like if you're going to try to sneak away and watch it. But I know there's a lot. This is the time where everybody tries to take off work on a Thursday and Friday. So you know, Guess tournament what? starts Thursday. I I'm don't. Off. We don't know a time you're off. So yeah, there you go. You can <laughs> watch some little tournament action, but. But, Jacob, if you don't have anything else, man, that's going to do it for this episode of the Hog Talk Podcast, and we're presented to you by Bet Online. Hey, go go to your favorite spot. Go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Go watch with some friends. This is the best time of year. This first weekend of I, – I put this first weekend of basketball up there with, like, the Masters and the college football playoffs and, and all those big-time sporting events. So, But, uh, yeah, that will do it. We'll catch you next week, and hopefully we're recapping – uh, two wins for Arkansas and going to the Sweet 16. That will do it. Go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.